So I was trying to think of what topic might be most prudent to talk about as we near the end of the semester. And what came to mind was, well, why not discuss a little bit how I actually usually end our semesters uh, teaching at college. And um, it's probably a little bit different than many other people conduct their own classes in terms of how they end them. Now, of course, as we've said in many of our episode lectures so far, there's obviously many different ways to end, well, to conduct class, right? Based on what the subject is and what types of material you have to cover, um, what level of detail you need to go into between lecturing and, you know, obviously some types of classes you do a lot more with that as opposed to collaborative group work or, you know, other types of test taking or workshopping, whatever the case may be. In my case, I teach college level writing. And so really our uh, focus is on collaborative work and really getting into the details of how to actually write, which makes sense. Um, and in some ways it's somewhat scientific, but it's also somewhat artistic, right? Even academic writing, if you think about the more formalized sort of you know, even research writing or analytical writing, whatever it may be, there's still sort of subjective, I think, elements, right? I was actually talking to a student about this earlier today because I also work in a writing center. And we were talking about the element of sort of uh, trying to figure out, well, like, how do you divide paragraphs, right? Like, what's the best place or point to break up a paragraph into multiple paragraphs? And it's hard to say, right? Because it would be nice if we lived in a perfect world where you had a five-sentence paragraph structure, right? Uh, topic sentence, three-body supporting detail sentences, maybe one of evidence, a couple of analysis, and one concluding sentence, right? Sometimes that works. However, much like with life in general, um, it's easier said than done. Some paragraphs need more evidence. Some paragraphs need more analysis. Some paragraphs need both. Some paragraphs are able to do some of that and then it needs more of the other right so you may have six seven eight nine however many line paragraphs so depending upon the context and the content those decisions can certainly vary from one situation to the next the reason i babble about all of this as i often do is because one of the pseudoscientific artistic forms that i'm also into is the art of coffee making and this is precisely how I end my classes every semester. So, in fact, if you go to my syllabus, I don't know, maybe I could link this on the uh, podcast page. I don't see why not. I don't think the university owns my syllabus, although they may have different opinions of that, uh, as they often do. Uh, but maybe I'll link it so <laughs> you can see for yourself. But I actually, my syllabus is pretty entertaining as well, I should mention. Uh, the first link actually on my syllabus this would actually be a good topic to talk about is exactly what is this fancy word syllabus and what does it mean and what is it supposed to do and how does it work? So for any of you listening who aren't uh, fully familiar, a syllabus is just sort of the document that you give to your class on the first day that explains all the guidelines for taking the class, the expectations, are there going to be tests, quizzes, attendance policies, homework guidelines, general schedule of week by week, what you might do all that sort of good informational stuff. Of course, nobody reads it. Uh, one of the first things I say in my syllabus is that uh, ignorance of the rules of the syllabus is not an excuse for not fulfilling those requirements. And uh, I include a link to 
Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I always get the book and movie mixed up in terms of the titles. Anyways, that movie, um, great, one of my favorite scenes probably in movie history where Willy Wonka, the grandpa asks, um, when does Charlie get his free lifetime supply of chocolate? And uh, Gene Wilder, who plays Willy Wonka, says he doesn't because he broke the rules. And he goes into this whole tirade about... uh, you know, all this legalese that Charlie didn't read that says that he broke the rules and he gets nothing. Good day, sir. It's like it's like a one minute clip I link at the very beginning of my syllabus. So I'm like, read the rules, know them. If you have questions, I'll answer them. But you need to know these rules, right? Um, so it's I, it's just kind of funny that I include that link. Anyways, I also, for this reason, at the end of the schedule on the last day, it says fancy coffee making seminar. Um and that's one of the things that oftentimes students who do read the syllabus point out every semester. And that's how I know that they've read the syllabus. If I ask, are there any questions? You know, oftentimes students are not willing to ask questions um, for various reasons. Um, and I try to, in as many ways as I can, foster and in them to want to and entice them to want to ask questions. And having a little detail like that slated for the last day of class when you think you would normally be reviewing, revising, in our case, re- we would be revising papers, uh, have it say fancy coffee seminar. Uh, pretty much every class, somebody asks, well, what's that about? What's going on with this fancy coffee seminar? Um, so that's what we have scheduled for the last day. Now, I do have experience as a barista, uh, maybe not as much as some, but as a college professor, I am a, a professor of all trades. I've bartended, I've barista, I've, I pretty much name it, I've probably done something at least similar to it. That's obviously hyperbole, that's exaggeration, but you get my point. So anyways, I, I've gotten really into coffee over the years. In fact, I've brewed some coffee right here, right now for this uh, little talk of ours today. Uh, might be a terrible idea because as of this recording, um, I'm kind of in finals grading insomnia mode. It, uh, it is, the classes have just ended. They ended last week, actually, but uh, I've been grading finals since then, essentially, final papers, and uh, sleep schedule doesn't exist for me, really, anymore. It's kind of whenever I get tired, and I'm trying to maintain as normal of a sleep schedule as possible, but here I am at 10.45 on a weeknight drinking um, some home-brewed coffee, and uh, yeah. It's actually pretty good, and there's reasons for that, which I talked to my class about. So I'm going to take a sip just to uh, do some quality control for you guys. Yeah, that's really good coffee. <laughs> take take my, my sip for it. Um, and so, you know, a few things I should clarify in terms of why I, I have this on the last day of class. Um, you know, I think... As, as instructors, we oftentimes can not overlook so much as sort of lose sight of um, not in the sense of how stressful a semester is for students, but more so what that actually feels like and what the impact of that is. And so having something fun on the last day, like a fancy coffee seminar, is in a couple ways a, a good marker for something that students can look forward to. And I don't tell them a whole lot about it leading up to it. 
um, they often ask questions and I, I remain pretty vague. I just tell them like, oh, we're going to make, you know, really good coffee and you'll probably enjoy it. Uh, hopefully I'll convert some of you to coffee drinkers if you're not already. Um, so they're enticed by that because they don't quite know what to expect. But again, I think this is this is good. This is something that, you know, you think of a syllabus, like I said earlier, a class schedule, and you're sort of regimented to think uh, negatively almost as a student. Well, this is just deadlines. This is guidelines. This is only information that if I don't follow it quite exactly, it's only going to hurt me. It's only going to impact me negatively, right? And so I think it's important to have something on there, on your schedule, in your syllabus that uh, will only benefit them to show up to the last day of class. And so I, I, I think, again, that's, you know, just a sort of mild, uh, you know, Easter egg in there for them. But it's one that I, I think, again, it, it sort of illuminates the, the syllabus and the class schedule a little more than otherwise if it just said final papers due last day. It's like uh, that's not as enticing or as positive just by its very nature of its work. Um, and again, there's many other ways that I try to make the work fun and appealing as much as possible. And I think we're able to do that uh, in some regards in certain ways to some extents. But of course, as I said as well, um, anything else you can do, the more the better to lighten the mood. So this is what we do. We have our fancy coffee day, the last day of class. I bring in all my coffee gear. And I should say, I, I know I have a lot of friends who do all sorts of other things the last day. Some of them, they have little parties, they play music. Uh, I have a, one good friend of mine I'll probably have on here at some point, a fellow professor. She brings in her guitar. She does a lot of weird, wacky things. Uh, one semester, she wore like a, a fake eye in the middle of her head, like a third eye, and just did class without saying anything you know, she, or was it the first day? I don't know. She's always doing stuff to keep her students on their toes, which is pretty cool. I'm very impressed by that. Uh, but I know she, for a fact that she plays, brings in her guitar and plays music the last day, which again is, is something cool. I don't, I, I don't know if she t forewarns them of that, but I, I think she might. So again, the idea being it's something to look forward to amidst the sort of uh, stress perhaps, and just grind of getting to the last day and then grinding through uh, through finals as well, right? Um, so I think it's good to have your own sort of unique way of doing that end of semester closeout. And of course, you know, you can balance that with actually doing work. I mean, students are still doing editing at that point, but it's sort of a more relaxed version of that, right? And oftentimes students, they ask me, they're like, oh, why didn't we do this all semester? Why couldn't we do this all semester? Which makes me kind of wonder if there's something to that, I'm almost toying with the idea of perhaps, like, why not just kind of start baristaing at some point in the semester and see how that goes. I, you know, if I were uh, perhaps more job secure or smarter or uh, more daring or doing actual research on this, I might actually do that to see what the outcomes would be. Uh, but as of now, I have not found the courage nor dedication to to attempt that but i think it would be a really interesting experiment see how my students fare uh, in that type of environment uh, so perhaps in the future we'll see but anyways i can certainly vouch for it on the last day of class i think again uh the way that i set it up it, it really establishes a, just a different mood which whenever i feel like you know it's it's difficult to say like what's the best to have always sort of consistent expectations i mean obviously you need 
classroom conduct expectations in any classroom setting, but it's good to do something a little different once in a while so that it doesn't become too stale and too familiar and too uninteresting. So these are always elements of attention that are, are very difficult to balance, but I like to think that, you know, at least this fancy coffee seminar is one way to make things a little more exciting and engaging. And I think students think of it as, as sort of like a reward for making it to the end of the semester. And it really is for many of them, or at least that's, that's how I perceive it as well. And so again, the way that I do this is I bring in my suitcase uh, that I have with all my fancy coffee gear. Um, and I set up, I, I play jazz music. I have a Miles Davis Pandora uh, set list or whatever shuffle thing. So I get some jazz music going. I lay out a uh, towel on the main table um, and I set up all my coffee gear of which there's plenty and of which I'm not going to get into all those details now because I could talk about coffee for probably at least a full hour. And if you listen this far, you either probably want to hear that or definitely don't. I don't know. Um, but I won't get into it now. You have to come to one of my coffee class lectures. And actually, probably some of the instructors uh, from my very school who are listening to this may have been there before because I, I oftentimes will have other instructors, former students come by. Again, very um, you know light, engaging mood for those reasons. So, But I set up my coffee station and uh, we, uh, you know, I have students come up. I show them how to brew coffee. Uh, very fancy coffee, like I said earlier. And then if obviously they have questions about their works, uh, final works before the end of class, before they submit them, um, I, I can answer those too. But, you know, I really try to emphasize this idea that, you know, by the end of the semester, and I, I tell them this leading up by the last day, you know, you want to be pretty sure what you have been trying to do with your work and really just finalizing any of those, those sort of last minute changes. Um, and students, I, I, I think, again, they get a, a lot out of it. I think it's it's really good and it's really interesting to, for them to see uh, me teaching and, and trying to relate a topic that's very different from writing in many ways. But again, as I was saying at, at the beginning of this, uh, this episode here, that th there's similar nuance in terms of, you know, the, the balance between the science of it and the artistry of it, where... You know, the, so the type of coffee, I should clarify, the type of coffee that I make is what you would call, and again, you can Google this, I might include a link in the description, but it's typically a pour-over coffee, so it's an open pour-over. Uh, I'll either use a Chemex or a V60. Yeah, again, this is now getting pretty fancy sounding, right? Uh, seemingly made up terms, but these are very real coffee devices, coffee making devices, and there's a lot of science behind why they those devices help you to make not just fresher coffee, but a uh, better tasting coffee by, by that uh, standard. And I talk as well about, uh, you know, the coffee as well. Like, well, if you uh, get this type of coffee, it has these flavor profiles, uh, you know, you want to get uh, within these types of dates, you don't want coffee that's too old. You want it freshly roasted. Again, you know, depending on the ratios of temperature and water, you may like it a little more acidic or a little more bitter, right? So some of this, you know, the flavors that you can get out of it, much like with writing, many people might like certain types of writing or papers uh, that they read. Whereas, you know, oftentimes most people will agree that they don't like certain types of writing, right? So, and then there's a lot in between, right? Some coffees, like some types of writing, 
uh, we're very <laughs> in disagreement about. And it's interesting to, to think about like, okay, well, what is it? Is it because in general, this coffee or this paper is pretty bitter? Um, or is it like, we like this one because it's pretty sweet, right? Um, boy, I sound cheesy explaining it that way. But I think there's something there is my point. I really do <laughs> feel like there's something there. But um, I don't know. I'll leave that for you guys to be the judge of. I would like to ask my students about that, actually, now that I say it out loud, thinking through it as I speak. It, it certainly seems to make a lot of sense to me, but um, I don't know. I think my students already think I'm uh, relatively nuts. Uh, so fancy coffee making. I don't know if that helps or hurts my case, but um, I, I think, again, they get a lot out of it for this reason to see... Um, teaching done in a slightly different way, but again, in a productive way, you have a final product at the end of it, this really good cup of coffee. And again, I should emphasize that this type of coffee is uh, uh, drank regular. You, you don't drink it with milk or sugar. Um, by doing the fresh pour over method, it's supposed to bring out, again, you need fresh beans for this, uh, relatively recently roasted beans. But as long as you get those, it comes out very um, flavorful and hopefully not bitter if you've done everything right with the ratios of water temperature and uh, amount of beans to the amount of water, all of which you can research online. If you do all of that, the coffee should have plenty of flavor without having to add milk and sugar. And so, again, it's a lesson that's a little bit different because most students, when I tell them we're making fancy coffee, they think I'm going to snap my genie fingers and all of a sudden there's going to be a, an espresso machine and I'm going to make them like, you know, fancy latte art, right? And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but you can get that ev anywhere. Um, ironically, you can get fancy lattes at many cafes. Um, not so much fresh, good pour-over coffee. That's actually quite rare. Um, unless you live near a place that does roast coffee beans or in a city that has a lot of coffee shops. Um, you know, most even local coffee places by me don't do these fresh pour overs because they're pretty labor intensive. It takes, you know, several minutes at least to uh, pour a fresh cup, a, a really good fresh cup. In fact, the beans I got for this class last week where I, I did my fancy coffee seminar, I went to a roaster about an hour away from me because I had heard good things. I'm tied into the, the bean scene, as they say. And so I get my... Uh, <laughs> my insider scoop on where the good beans are at. And uh, I heard that this roaster had really good beans. And while I was there getting a bag of beans, I um, I, uh, I decided to get a fresh pour over too because the types of places that roast their own beans often appreciate the taste of good beans. So they will make you a cup of coffee in the freshest way possible, which again is not putting it into just a regular coffee machine for actual scientific reasons. The Very briefly, I'm not going to, again, like I said, go into the whole science of it, but having it the open pour-over method where you don't have the lid on it like a coffee maker does, it allows a, a gas flow um, and or a gas exchange, um, whereas a closed coffee maker traps in all the gases so they can't release. Those gases that you want to release wind up getting into the coffee, and that's why uh, one of the reasons why it can oftentimes not taste so great as regular unmilked and unsugared coffee. However, with this open pour over method, it tastes much better. It tastes much fresher. And that's what I tried at that coffee place, that coffee roaster. And they said, like when I ordered it, that, oh yeah, this will take about 10 minutes because um, you have to grind the beans fresh. You have to heat the water. It takes time to actually pour them. 
uh, pour the water over those beans, all that sort of stuff. Um, when you do it yourself for one cup, yeah, it takes a few minutes like that, but it's totally worth it. And the students are always very skeptical. One of the other main questions they ask is, you do this every morning? And I say, well, yeah, it's part of my morning routine, and it only takes about 10 minutes if you're making one cup for yourself. And then they try it, and they realize, oh, this is actually pretty good coffee. Um, and I've had students, you know, semesters later who email me, or if I run into them, they, you know, and I talk to them, uh, they'll tell me like, oh, hey, like, I remember your coffee seminar, or I was getting coffee, you know, really good coffee the other day, and I remembered your seminar. So something that they actually remember from class, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, in some ways, I'm kind of sad, maybe that they don't remember the writing. I don't know if they do. Some of them do. We do a lot of other fun exercises. Uh, that's an episode I want to do maybe uh, next time about uh, some of the fun exercises I do and how there are actual real lessons to be gained from these lessons that I, I, I or exercises that I feel like are, are super useful for anybody, let alone people, you know, training to write or become better writers. Um, but the coffee seminar, they certainly, you know, have a lot of fun with. And I think, you know, again, some of them, they, they learn a lot practically in terms of just, I give other tips on just how to have better cups of coffee, um, you know, in terms of what types of beans to get and how frequently you want to check your beans for freshness, that sort of thing. So even if you don't do all the other elements of brewing fancy coffee yourself, there's still a lot of lessons there. And again, I think this does have a strange correlation to writing itself. It's like, yeah, many of us aren't going to go on to, like with the fancy cup of coffee, write short stories and, and publish them every week, right? Like that's the, the barista equivalent is making a, you know, really fancy roasted bean and fresh pour overs every week, right? Um, but there's certain little lessons that we can take with us, right? Like, getting whole beans and grinding them at home because they'll be fresher when you, when you grind them, when you use them. It's like there's certain writing techniques that, yeah, you know, maybe you're not the next Mark Twain, but you know how to, you know, write topic sentences more strongly, which is going to help you in all sorts of other ways, whether it's in academic writing or personal writing, you know, being clearer, more concise, more specific in your writing decisions. There's still lessons there to be had. So I think it's a really interesting corollary to writing the fancy coffee seminar. And I think it's a really fun way to end the semester. And uh, yeah, students appreciate it as well in a practical sense, because they do want coffee come the end of the semester, or, or at least many of them do. I also have fancy teas that I share with them uh, for those of those who don't like coffee, or who just want to try fancy tea, because I actually like fancy tea probably as much. Um, I, I have all sorts of blends that I get and that sort of thing. And I think that's fantastic too. And there's a lot of, you know, science behind that in terms of, well, it's freshness and, and how strong you want it to be with temperature and steeping and all that good stuff. So there's certainly a lot there for, for tea drinkers as well. So I like to think there's something for anybody unless you're totally off caffeine, which I get, and that might perhaps be the best thing for you uh, in reality, because as I said at the beginning of the episode, I am uh, still drinking this coffee. In fact, I'm going to take another sip. Excuse me. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like 11 o'clock and I'm still drinking coffee. And I'm probably going to continue to grade papers. So maybe I'm just using this all as an excuse to 
feed my own caffeine addiction, but I feel like I would find a way regardless to do that, whether or not I did a fancy coffee seminar for my, my students in class. Um, but it's fun. It's relatively easy. It doesn't cost a lot. I have the beans anyways. I have the equipment anyways. And so for any teachers listening, whether you're high school, college professor, whatever, you know, I think it's really cool to show students something that you're, uh, you have passion about, uh, that you can relate to them in addition to the subject itself, the specific subject that you, you normally do teach. So, uh, yeah, that would be my advice for whatever that's worth is, you know, tap into that, you know, use that to your advantage. One of the things I, I think I say in my statement of pedagogy when I apply for different positions is I mentioned something about students. They really want, you know, not just uh, people, uh, instructors with expertise, but obviously, but, you know, instructors with passion. And that obviously can relate to the subject itself, but passion in general, I think, uh, you know, an interest, a, a vibrancy in in life and, and other, um, you know, whatever your, your thing is, I think that's, that's super important. And, and we have great conversations over coffee. It's, it's really fun, um, to, you know, just, just chat with them as well. Um, so I, I like it for all those reasons, but anyways, that's, that's really all I wanted to talk about is just a little bit how I do my last day of class, why I do my last day of class the way I do. If you are an instructor, I would, uh, love to hear what, what you think, what you do for your last day of class. So please feel free to comment uh, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on YouTube uh, or our main page. If you haven't been there, you can check us out at professorlabs.podbean.com. I'm pretty sure you can, uh, you know, just sign in and, you know, comment or whatever. So I would love to hear uh, any of your ideas or suggestions or what you think of all of this. Uh, or I can tell you more about, you know, coffee science as well, because I, I know too much about that. Um, and if you're a student or whatever, and you want to know more, certainly, you know, ask as well. You can tweet at us too. Ah, yes, that's where we are as well. So if you are on Twitter, you can tweet at us. Our Twitter handle is at Joe T Labs. Um, and you can ask us any questions there, comment. We would, you know, again, like I said, love to hear from you. So, Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoy. I hope you get something out of that. If you have any, again, thoughts or comments, let us know. We'd love to hear. And until then, uh, I'd just like to thank any students listening, because I know at least a couple of students uh, from this semester have been listening to this podcast and instructors as well. Uh, thank you guys for a fantastic semester. Um, good luck with the rest of your finals, rest of your exams. Hang in there almost to the end of the semester. It's a marathon, not a race. Um, so always bear that in mind. I wish somebody told me that back in the day, though even if they did, I don't think it would have changed much. <laughs> so easier said than done, I understand. But anyways, thanks again uh, so much for listening. And until next time, keep thinking and keep drinking your coffee. If again, you drink coffee. All right, that's enough. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.